0: Yeah! Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bat, bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone. And today on the program, I'm joined by an Olympic champion. He led the Arizona Wildcats to the College World Series Championship in 2001. And she's pretty much been the face of, of women's softball for the better better part of the last 20 years. More importantly, recently, I took Jenny deep in a celebrity softball game hit uh, when I was up in Seattle. So that's my claim to fame. Ladies and gentlemen, Jenny Finch. Jenny, thanks for coming on the program.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. And you had to go there, right?
0: Well, it's, it's my... Okay, I got to come clean with you. 1996 this is before you're even in college i'm playing for the reds i get a phone call from the reds and it's myself it's barry larkin hal morris and they said we want you to come to disney and and this is when we first started to notice women's softball that that olympic team with dot richardson was it what was the pitcher's name lisa fernandez
1: lisa fernandez yes
0: so they said we want to do a little exhibition so I said, all right, I'll do it. So we go down there, and I think it's going to be fun, and we're going to play around. Well, she's not playing around, and I get into the box. And, I mean, it was I, – I tried not to pretend like I was trying too hard, but, I mean, it was – you've seen it. She kind of humiliates me a little bit. I strike out. Strikes out Larkin. Hal Morris comes over to me, and he says, she's not going to strike me out no matter what. So Hal gets up on the bat. He puts it in play. We go about our business. Everybody claps. It's great. So fast forward, 2004, I think, is when you were going around to all the teams. And I hear Jenny Finch is coming to Seattle to our spring training. And they're trying to get me to hit. I said, are you kidding me? I said, I've already learned my lesson. I'm not going out there. I think Mike Cameron came out and you struck him out. Am I accurate on that story?
1: He did, yeah, and actually, so they wouldn't let me face any players, and so Bob Melvin came out, and he tried to hit, and then Mike Cameron just, like, walked out of center field and was like, give me a bat, I want to try to hit, and so, but at first, like, everyone was so against it, because obviously spring training, people are just getting back, like, the last thing you need is an injury from trying to hit a fast pitch softball, and so, um, yeah, he started the, the whole tour of facing major leaguers.
0: And I think because we were talking about it, Cammy still to this day is one of my best friends. And we were talking about it when you were coming. And I said, I'm telling you, Cammy," and he doesn't care. You know, Mike and his personality, he doesn't really care. I said, I'm telling you, I am not going to allow her to embarrass me because I said it's embarrassing and you will get embarrassed because it's a different it's a different animal than we're used to. And Cammy, you know, he doesn't care. He's like, no, man, I'm going to I want to go out there and give the girl a chance. I said, give her a chance. She's giving you a chance. <laughs> When it comes to baseball, you know, and a lot a lot is said, toughest thing in sports is to hit a baseball. Consider That's what everybody likes to say. I tend to agree with that. But how hard is it to hit a softball at your level, not the slow pitch, but real, you know, fast pitch. And what adjustments could I make? Is it, could you teach me to hit a softball? How would I do if I trained to be a softball player?
1: Well, I think, I mean, obviously, you have the basics, the fundamentals, the power, all of those things, and the hand eye coordination. So, I think, like, to my advantage going in and like facing major league baseball players, it was first off, I feel like the ego, testosterone, all of that is flowing. Like, you want to just not just make contact, you're trying to, you know, go yard. And so, I think that's to my advantage there, right? The bigger the swing, the more advantage it is for me because by the time I release the ball, I'm at like 38 feet. And, and I think, obviously, I, I stuck with the rise ball only because baseball players are used to a downward angle where um, we have the rise ball that goes up, so they're not used to kind of tracking the ball um, on, uh, for that. And so I would just say shorten up, choke up, and like less is more. Just basically get the barrel there, and especially these days. I mean, the barrels and these bats are so hot. I mean, my daughter's 10, and we she I coach her travel team, and it's like, man, it's crazy that the... the Like bats make a huge difference. And if you just get the barrel there nowadays, it's going to go. So it's just a matter of, you know, staying short, being quick and, you know, making contact and letting the bat do the work.
0: Did did you have fun at that time when you were going around? I I know you struck out pool holes. I think you faced Piazza. Was it fun coming in there and just kind of letting them know real quick? And And I know, believe me, I know what goes through our minds as players because we come there, we really have nothing in the game. But at the same time, we know that we're not used to that velocity from that distance. And it's just a different animal. It's something we'd have to work on. Um, But did you have fun doing that? I think the players for the most part, yeah, we get embarrassed a little bit, but I think it's for good. It's good entertainment. I think it's good for the game in general, softball and baseball.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I I feel like just being a female athlete, you you weren't exposed to very many other professional female athletes. And so... I feel like that was honestly, like, obviously behind 1996, the Olympics, that uh, fast pitch was a part of the Olympics for the first time in 96, and it was Atlanta, in Atlanta, so I think that helped um, the game grow in the U.S., but um, just being able to kind of, like, yeah, you can see it, but it wasn't on TV very much, and so if you go to a game, you you realize how fast it is and how the ball moves, but, you know, I'll never forget Alex Rodriguez standing in there and being like, that's a Randy Johnson slider. And so just, in a way, not that we – I we as a sport needed the credibility, but I think it gave us the credibility and, um, you know, just basically showcased what we can do from the mound and underhand and how we can make the ball move and at what speeds it does come in. So in a way it kind of, you know, um, was a great way to showcase our game and grow our game. And, um, and I think too, just for young girls to be able to see, you know, a girl throwing a ball underhand and having the stage of being around major leaguers and, you know, giving, getting the feedback from, you know, the best of the best in the world, um, in the game.
0: No, I think it, I think it's really cool. It's been great for women's sports and, and, as a baseball player i did start to pay attention to that 96 team i remember dot richardson and she was a character and and i remember watching those girls and watching them win the gold and then you came along and and uh, i remember watching you in the college world series i'm like who is this girl and then all of a sudden we had monica abbott on on the program recently and she she took it from there so i mean you've been a big part of it but from 96 till now it not only did you put it on the map, but it's been kind of mainstream and, and a cool thing for, for young girls. I want to talk about, um, you know, I'm a father. I've got four kids. And you talk about the pressures of, of sports and young kids growing up. And my son's in the minor leagues. And, and uh, he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders. And he doesn't show uh, that the pressure gets to him. I'm sure it does though, you know, when I was coming up, you know, I had it, but I didn't really feel it that much. I just kind of you know I was I was different. i was a um uh, I was a naive kid, let's put it that way. It's nobody was gonna get in my way and and I was gonna get to the big leagues. but I want to talk about the women's side. you know, I have a daughter, my oldest daughter's twenty seven years old, and she was a volleyball player uh, in high school, and she had an opportunity to go to a couple teams. She had a chance to walk on USC in the end, she ended up saying dad i i just want to be a student and enjoy college which was fine with me but nobody ever talks about the pressures of female athletes coming up when you go out i know you do a ton of events and uh when when parents come up to you and go jenny finch i want my daughter to be just like you that's a that's a tall order to be the next jenny finch i mean that's not you know i know you know uh, how special of a run you've had and a and lot of good that you've done, but it's, th- those are pretty lofty expectations. When you hear a parent say, I want my, my little girl to be just like you. What's your response and how does that make you feel?
1: You know, it's, it's incredible just to think of how far we've come. And now these young girls are being able to, my 10 year old daughter walked into the women's college world series this year. And there were 12,000 fans there. And like to her, this is normal. And every weekend, turning on her favorite, you know, collegiate athlete in, in the game of, of softball, and tracking her and being able to follow her, and now uh, with the professional league as well. And so that that was stuff that you know we didn't have. And so I just think it's it's amazing to see and what the future holds for these girls that have grown up being able. to. I mean, you see it, you can believe it, and you can go achieve it. But us, we were kind of blind in, in a way. I mean, we we loved the game and we would hold on to, I mean, I remember my dad would cut out any article, whether it would be, you know, any sport, but as a female athlete, like I just wanted to hear about another female athlete's journey. Um, And so I was, you know, just a sponge to get, to get any information I could on on other female athletes that were able to do it at the collegiate level and then have the opportunity to do it. um, The Olympics mainly was the only opportunity um, after college. And so um, it's just exciting to see the, and now with the internet and technology and all that like these girls have so much at their fingertips and so it's so neat to see and even just in, in baseball seeing women break through um, in baseball as well and so it's it's just um, incredible to be a part of it. and I feel so blessed and fortunate that I had the opportunity and you know I'm a title IX baby a product of Title IX and I'm just grateful for the impact that I've been able to have and
0: to be connected when you, fir- when you first came on the scene uh let's call it around 2000 um here, here's jenny fitch six foot tall pretty girl one of the best softball players in the world that's a lot of you got a lot of attention how, how was that for you at such a young age did you embrace it was it overwhelming at times and if we would have had social media back then how would things have been different? Because I think about my career, social media, when I was a, when I was a kid, and I'm thinking, wow, that, that would have been tough for me. Now, everybody, it's normal. Everybody lives with it. But how would Jenny Finch have done?
1: Ooh, I'm grateful that we didn't. I feel like it was hard enough. <laughs> but I can't imagine. Like, you talked about pressure. And um, I feel like, you know, I, I just – luckily, I was grounded enough, I felt like, just from my family, and I relied on them – a lot and um you know thankful to have teammates like I just remember going to the Olympics in 2004 and coming home just being so grateful that I have a team behind me you know it was like I can't imagine being an individual sport athlete and not having the sisterhood and the teammates there uh, to do the journey with you and so just grateful for that and um yeah technology it's it's crazy these young athletes are dealing with a lot and so it's just kind of man, you got to protect yourself and you got to, you have to use it. But at the same time, you have to be smart and make sure that it's, you know, pushing you in the right direction and not the wrong direction. Because I know for just, man, what it does to, like, just as an adult, you can get caught up in just the stupidest things or waste so much time and worrying about, you know, so many other things. I was, I'm thankful that I just got to worry about, you know, striking out hitters and, you know, um, not having to, track every little thing that i do um as the athletes have to deal with now
0: advice to kids when they come up to you jenny give me some advice parents give me some advice my advice is always let the kids be kids Jenny, thank yeah that's good
1: i would say just you know try to be the best that you can be comparison is the thief of joy and especially now with social media and just access to everything. It's, you can get so caught up in other people's journey and what other people are doing. And I've even learned that as a mom, like my kids are so unique. They're different. I can't compare. I can't expect them to be, you know, I, I don't know. And, and to their different personalities and all of that, like you have to take all of that in. I, I love just let them be kids and have fun. And it is a game. Like you have to have fun. So make sure that you are having fun with it. And, um, man, if you don't have fun, what's, what's the point in it?
0: It's interesting. You're, you're, you said you're you're uh, coaching, help coaching travel ball. I did that when I first retired. I came out and I just thought uh, myself and a buddy of mine that we live in the same area, Trevor Hoffman, we decided, OK, we're going we're gonna to be the travel ball coaches. We had both recently retired. I coached third. He coached first. And we had a manager who was great that ran all the emails and the parents. And we thought this could be great. Everybody's going to want to play for us. We're going to beat everybody. Rude awakening. Uh, I remember at a certain point, Trevor looked at me and said, what are we doing wrong? Because these kids were coming, if they weren't playing short, hitting third and fourth and pitching at the same time, it's like, we're going to take our kids and we're going to go to another, uh, we're going to go to another team. And I just thought, wow, this is unbelievable. The parents and what they want to do. We, in the end, we ended up recruiting the best parents and we had good kids that if we played our best, we had a chance at the end of the tournament to be in the mix. But it was an eye-opener for me. And, and, when, and still to this day, when I when I talk about these kids and, and kids of, you know, the, the males, the females, everybody. It's like you have this precious time as children where, where you don't have the responsibilities of adult, being an adult and being out in the world. It's time. I think of my Little League day. Some of my fondest memories to this day. Our little league, like having a Slurpee, getting four hits, going, having a soft pretzel, a Slurpee, going out with my buddies and doing whatever we did. I mean, those are some of my fondest memories. And I just think sometimes with today's what you're told, you know, the the money that's involved at sports at the highest level. And I think a lot of these parents have unrealistic expectations like little Johnny's going to do this and this is he's going to make 20 million a year. And I'm just thinking, no, he's not. <laughs> I coach him. He's a good player, but he's got no chance. So let him be a kid. So when he's 25 years old, he looks back and and he can say, hey, remember when we won that, you know, that travel ball tournament and they have good memories and fond memories, not bitter because I was pushed too hard or my parents wanted this for me. And it, I didn't want that for me. I don't know. I. I I thought it was tough in the end. I I really enjoyed my time coaching. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot, but uh, people just parents, especially they need, they need to keep, they have to have a little bit of dose of reality. Like this isn't that big of a deal. This is a time to form friendships, relationships, learn how to get your butt kicked, learn how to win humbly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's not always, that's not always the message with youth sports.
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough. And Man, luckily we got a good group of parents, which you said is everything. Because it's like, and this is like not just, I mean, we're spending, I mean, you spend more time with your travel ball team than you do your own family at times. Like when we're blowing and going during the week, we got practice, you know, twice a week we're getting home late and then on the weekends you're sent. and softball is I think even crazier than baseball. Like we, they play double elimination, so you have pool play in the morning Saturday and then you're going into double elimination on Saturday night. So there's no like two games and then. One uh, one game eliminations, you know, seed you on Sunday. This is, like, the whole entire weekend. And this is just 10-you. It's, it's it's crazy. Um, but you just kind of, man, you got to just – <laughs> I always say, like, what's my greatest piece of advice? And it's, like, try to maintain a balance. But it is so true in so many aspects and especially in the whole travel ball craze because it's a rat race. And the same thing, like, luckily, we got a good group of parents and we're just, man – we're just trying i'm like my goal is for them to want to play high school and right. be able to be able to play high school and have fun and love the game and if anything after that it's all landing up like that's that's a bonus that's a win uh so we'll see like you said it's those life lessons and i you don't realize it until you're older but man like you learned so much failure discipline sacrifice mm-hmm. leadership teamwork like those things that are the things that you're going to take with you in every area of your life and forever. And so that's just trying to raise good people and, you know, show them that hard work does prevail. And, um, you have to go with the grind, the highs and lows and consistency is huge, I think in the game and in life. And just trying to maintain that.
0: Yeah. I learned, I know personally, I learned a lot more from my failures than I did from my successes. So later on life later in my career, uh, when I was having a lot of success, it wasn't, I could enjoy it. And, and I didn't take it for granted. Like, man, I've been at the bottom. I've been at some, I've had some tough years and I've had some great years. So it, it took me a while, but, but in the end it's like, okay, we're not too hot, too high. doesn't mean get too high. And then the lows are lows. If I can keep that, that even keel. So yeah, when you win a game, when you're kicking butt, when you're personally doing well, I'm not saying don't smile and have a good time. But on the flip side of that coin, when you're getting your butt kicked, you've lost six out of seven and you're one for your last 12. That doesn't mean sit in the corner and suck your thumb, be a pro and give me that even keel guy. Those are the best teammates I've ever had were those guys that came to the ballpark. And I couldn't tell what happened the day before. I mean, those are the best teammates. And and those are the, the guys that are real professional. 2400 sports is an odyssey company.